What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of the 610 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hollihan, back here on this Friday afternoon discussing the Philadelphia 76ers moves at the trade deadline yesterday. It was a interesting day to say the least. A lot of smaller moves throughout the NBA. Nothing really major. I think the 76ers may have made um, the biggest splash throughout the day, and um, we'll get into that in a second. But there were definitely some interesting trades and also some head-scratching trades made by the Philadelphia 76ers. They made four, and we're going to break it down right here. Um, so first of all, I mentioned this a couple of days ago as, I, as we were going into the trade deadline, as we were nearing closer and closer, that I didn't want the 76ers to make anything, any trade that was going to cost a ton. And what do I mean by this? I, I didn't want them to go out there and just give away everything for certain assets if it did not mean or if it meant that the 76ers, you know, would be not getting back Joel Embiid and especially with the way things have been going of late, they feel as though like they need these players that they got to accommodate for Joel Embiid's absence and to put them in the best position. So from that standpoint, I think it's very interesting that they make that they made the moves that they did. Um, and, you know, when we talk about these trades, you, you also have to remember some of it, and I'll touch on those that were, some of it I think had to do with interest from other teams and some I think are players that they feel like they can just develop. Um, and being that there are two players that the 76ers acquired, I think you know what I mean when I say that. So let's get right into it. So the first trade that hit um, Twitter, news, you know, whatever have you, wherever you got it, um, the alert, the 76ers were acquiring Buddy Heald. Now there was interest a few years back when they traded for James Harden, and obviously I think a lot of people would have rather them traded for the package that sent Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton to the Indiana Pacers, which was just, um, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, at the time it felt like a big uh, steal for Indiana to be able to get Halliburton and Buddy Heald um, in exchange for Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and Amante Sabonis, and a second-round pick. It definitely, I think, in the long run, has benefited, um, or will benefit, I should say, Indiana because of now making this trade. But at the same time, the Kings have obviously um, been very competitive since the trade as well, and ha that has really turned around their franchise. Now, Buddy Heald this season is only averaging 12 points per game. His averages are 
pretty much down from what we've seen of him in years past. He's 31. He's shooting 12. He's at 12 points per game. He's shooting 38% from beyond. He is at a 44% field goal percentage and an 85% from the free throw line. His assists are at three per game. So this is, and he has only started 28 games thus far. So this is a move that I feel is made for the Sixers to give Tyrese Maxey some help. I think they recognize that DeAnthony Melton, his injury situation um, is where it's at right now. We really don't know when he's going to be back. Hopefully it's soon, but we really haven't heard a ton on him. And Buddy's coming in, and he he's able to create space on the floor, which is big, and obviously. But that's what the Sixers like, I think, the most. Now, he is under contract till the end of this year. Then he's in. Uh, then he's a free agent. So the Sixers have, I think they said fifty to sixty million now, put aside. Perhaps so that way they can get one of these players that are going to be bought out after the trade deadline or perhaps in the offseason sign a player to a max contract. It'll be interesting to see if Buddy Heald is that player. So here was the full trade. So the Sixers received Buddy Heald. The Pacers received Furkan Korkmaz, Doug McDermott, 2024 second round pick, 2029 second round pick, cash from the Sixers. And then the Spurs, who are tied into this, will receive Marcus Morris, a 2029 second-round pick, and cash. So from NBC Sports, they actually grade the Sixers. They get an A for this. Pacers a B plus, Spurs a C plus. So obviously, I think they like Buddy Heald over all of these players, which I agree. However, my thing is, I really hate seeing Marcus Morris go. Furkan Korkmaz, take him or leave him. I mean, he's a guy that has been taking up space on the bench. No offense, but that's just the way it is. That's That's been the Furkan Korkmaz experience here in Philadelphia, and I think a lot of people can agree with me on that. So I'm happy that he's going to be in a position where he can finally play. I think it's best for him. But Marcus Morris was great as a front court player from Philly. He was given a key to the city just, I think, a month ago. So it's definitely a trade that I think, you know, it's even though Morris was only here for a handful of games, it's still emotional to see him be traded because, you know, you really felt like, okay, this guy has been solid off the bench coming in and, and he has had spurts and he's helped us through to some victories and and to see him go is is tough but you also have to remember what you're getting out of Buddy Heald and I think the decision there for the Spurs may have been either Robert Covington I think was maybe the ideal target now with his injury I wonder if Rocco is the reason why the Spurs said all right if he's not ready We'll just take Marcus Morris instead. So they went that route. So that's that trade. And obviously, Buddy Heald, I'm excited to see what he does. I can't envision him at this point playing anywhere other than um, at the two-guard position and being the starter. 
you know, without DeAnthony Melton, I think he's going to be getting um, some starts. He can play the three, but currently that's Tobias Harris's role. I think they're going to be sticking with Toby there at the three spot, um, and I believe that that's going to be the way the Sixers go. What this will do, though, is probably move Kelly Oubre to the bench, or um, coming off the bench, excuse me, um, where he has played some of his best ball all season. So when you think of the starting five right now, you have Tyrese Maxey, obviously, at your one, healed at your two, um, Tobias at the three, when he's healthy, Nico Batum at the four. Now the five is tough, but I'm assuming they're going to go with Paul Reed there at the five spot until Joel Embiid, obviously, is ready to come back. So that's where I see um, the starting five being rolled out for the 76ers. So that was that trade, which was huge, and I thought, okay, that might be it. Well, I was well wrong because little did we know we would be saying goodbye to a 76ers legend that has not played even a full season. He's played in 47 games, started five, and that is, of course, number 22, Patrick Beverly. Pat Bev is one of the rare players that have suited up for the Philadelphia 76ers that have come off the bench. He's at the ripe age of 35, but is a 76ers fan favorite. Averaging just six points per game. And again, coming off the bench, only playing about close to 20 minutes. Averaged three assists, about a steal per game, and was a leader on the team. Only shooting 32% from beyond and 43% from the field. And at the charity stripe, a cool 81%. But Pat Beverly, in my opinion, was such a fantastic leader to have on your team. And it really, for me, sucks to see him go because I was so excited when we got him over the summer because I thought, great, this is a guy that can come in and he's going to really you know, um, lead the bench He's going to be great for maybe Tyrese Maxey's development, developing him even more, of course. He's going to be great to, you know, just have with the young guys, and, you know, it should should be good. And you saw that. I mean, it was just two weeks ago against Denver. He was literally coaching guys on how to defend a screen, um, which was just, I mean, awesome. I think everyone was lighting up when they saw that happen. And now, unfortunately... He's not going to be here for the remainder of the season. So the Bucks receive Patrick Beverly. Also weird that this is a trade with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Sixers will receive Cameron Payne in a 2027 second round pick. Now they gave up those second rounders to the Pacers, so they needed to get some back. So they were pivoting to getting second round picks back. Cameron Payne, though is odd. Um, This guy was a former first-round pick of the Oklahoma City Thunder back in 2015 and has not really developed into what I think a lot of people were expecting of him when he came into the NBA. I mean, he has not been um, 
really much of a starter. Um, he has not been uh, much of a asset to championship caliber teams. He's been moving around. He does have you know experience with the Suns though, um, and and it's just you know his highest average is about eleven points per game, right? Um, his best um, shooting from beyond in, you know, minimum, I guess, 47 games, which is the most um, he, he's had, or not the most he's had, but this year, 30 or 40% rather from beyond. And then from the field, that was with Phoenix back in 2020, and, or excuse me, 2021, and that was 48%. So it's not. It's not great. I mean, it really isn't. And this year, he's only averaging six points per game coming off the bench for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, two assists, and he's only started two games. He's going to be coming off the bench. Um, 40% from beyond, like I said earlier. So he's at his highest there, um, mainly. And then 45% from the field. So there's really nothing that you can relate um with Cameron Payne and Patrick Beverly because it's not a ton of experience that he brings I don't view him much as a leader coming off and he's going to be handling the ball for your bench so the Sixers have essentially from the beginning of the year and if you remember I said that that was one of the best benches if not the best that Joel Embiid has ever had um with who's coming off which now I guess is Cameron Payne at the one D'Anthony Melton at the two, um, probably Robert Covington at the three when healthy, or no, Kelly Oubre at the three when healthy, and then probably Covington at the four when healthy, and then Mo Bamba at the five, and then when Joel Embiid comes back, it's probably going to be Paul Reed at the five or Paul Reed at the four and Mo Bamba at the five, and however Nick Nurse wants to play that. But, you know, I really don't think Cameron Payne has ever had a great fit in any team, and that's why I say, you know, Pat Bev, I mean, he loved showing up every day working with the Sixers, and you saw uh, Tyrese Maxey on his Instagram Instagram saying he's going to miss him a lot, and um, I, I mean, I think Tyrese, you know, that's one of the best backups he's had coming off, and one of the best uh, just guards in general that he's gotten the opportunity to play for or play with rather and learn off of. Payne's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Um, 2.8 mil is what he's bringing in. So there's that. Now there were two other trades that the Sixers made as well. Jaden Springer for this year, a 2024 second-round pick. Now, what I saw from a lot of people, because there was a ton of pushback on trading away Pat Bev, they said, okay, well, Jaden Springer is doing everything that Pat Bev is doing, and he's a younger option. So from that standpoint, I said, okay, that's not, you know, I, I can agree with that. If that's the direction they're going in and they feel like Jaden Springer has been um, someone that they feel can be an asset moving forward, I can agree with that, and I can see you know him becoming um, or earning more of a role there as he was a former first-round pick back in 2021, and it seems like he's at the height of his development. 
but then they trade him. And you just say to yourself, okay, that's weird. Why would you trade away Payne for Springer? Payne's going to cost more. Springer might have more upside, and especially he's great defensively. Like, I just don't understand why you go in that direction unless they really felt like Cameron Payne, they really liked him, they felt like they could develop him, and perhaps where that's regarded, you make the decision, okay, maybe there are other teams interested, so we have to get on this guy now. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. We want to jump on the chance now and have a chance to resign. Like It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It's so wishy-washy. It's not even crazy. So the Sixers then made one more trade. They trade away Danwell House Jr., a second-round pick this year's, and cash or, yes, and cash for the Pistons' 2028 second-round pick. Why is why was that needed? I mean, Danwell House, okay, I guess I, I can see that. I mean, you know, with everyone you're bringing in, but why do you need to give them a second-round pick? Why couldn't you have just kicked in cash and gotten a second-round pick? Like, I, I don't understand why we're giving away picks now all of a sudden. And we're getting picks four years in advance. I mean, does Daryl Morey have some crystal ball that he can see? You know, oh my goodness, you know, there's there's going to be all this talent in that draft. Wow. I, you're like, dude, what are we doing here? I mean, you're making just some head-scratching decisions now. And, I mean, I thought to start the day, Buddy healed. That was good. But then throughout the day, it just got progressively worse and worse and worse. And, I mean, to the point now where it's like – what are we doing? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand this at all. So, it's a, it's a head scratching, head scratching uh, day yesterday. Head scratching deadline for the Sixers. If I could grade it, I'd give maybe a B minus. I mean, I like Keeled. Um, Pain is I'm iffy on. Uh, I like that we got picks, but then we traded so many away. I mean, obviously the highlight is Buddy Heald, but. You're just kind of like, whoa. I mean, number one, you're tearing down the bench. We don't have much of a front court. Our bench is shot. We're going to have to create chemistry all over again in the final 30 games of the season. I mean, you essentially tear down, you know, a half of your team. I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, 15, 20 minutes these guys are on the floor. It's probably going to be pretty rough. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I it's... It's maybe the best they feel for Tyrese Maxey, but at the same time, like you gotta, you gotta coach these guys up again and get them to play into your style of basketball. So it's it's all weird, and um, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like the 76ers got way too trade happy. They thought they were there were other options there, and for whatever reason, it feels like they panicked when they didn't need to. I mean, right now, without Joel Embiid, I get you want to show that you're still competitive, you still want to make a run, but you got to ask yourself at a certain point, am I making the best decision for the team? And in my opinion, I don't think so. So this is a head-scratching 
head scratching um, trade deadline for the Sixers and Daryl Morey, and I hope he's correct. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. So, anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we have a back to back coming up tonight. The Philadelphia 76ers at seven o'clock will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks, which should be an interesting, interesting game considering the fact that you don't know who the hell is healthy. Um, so they'll be squaring off against them. Currently sitting uh, sixth in the East, or fifth, I think, in the East, not sixth, fifth. And um, then they'll take on the Wizards tomorrow, which may be a team that's more the Sixers speed, as they've been showing us throughout the last couple of uh, couple of games. So definitely need to see something out of this team if they are, in fact, going to try and, and make something happen. But, you know, with all the injuries they have, um, Maxi's day-to-day uh, with an illness, Batum's out, I believe, Melton's out, and Bede's obviously out, and Covington's out. Um, so, I don't know. It's It sucks, to say the least. Um, Covington hasn't even been cleared to practice, and D-Melt. And Batum both are out. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know when Payne and Buddy Heald are making their debut. Um, it should be, I would think, it should be, they, they are saying tonight. They will make their debut tonight. So we'll see what happens. But um, hopefully things turn out well for them. Uh, we'll be back on tomorrow talking about how this goes and, Again, hopefully we're uh, we're singing Daryl Morey's praises, but I mean, come on, when do we ever do that? Thanks everyone for tuning in, and as always, I'll talk to you next time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.